Stuff Podcasts. And the thought of lowered ceilings just aggravates me because I knew there'd be stunning wooden ceilings. Well, I prayed there'd be stunning wooden ceilings. Anyway, put the crowbar in, pulled the ceiling down, and there were posters. And I sort of got quite excited. Anyway, then pulled all the wall linings off, and there was all the posters. That's New Plymouth art teacher Katie Pitwood, who once discovered a cache of 60s music posters hidden behind the walls of the home she was renovating. She sold that home now and is on the hunt for her next project, her sixth, but finding it hard. We'll hear why later. I'm Kylie Klein-Nixon and this is the final episode of First Rung, Season 2, Reno 101, the stuff-homed podcast brought to you with support from Rosine. I'm Joe Davis. This episode we're talking about people who don't stop at just one renovation. After Katie, I talked to builder Scott Brown, who's taken his skills to the public and shares his expertise on YouTube. And you're basically dropping in on my day as a builder here in New Zealand when you watch my videos. And I hear from Alice and Caleb Pearson, who are on to their 11th renovation and are showing no signs of slowing down. We're not too sure what forever home means. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, here's a DIY dream from someone you may have heard before. Hi, Kylie here. I have so many DIY dreams, it's really hard to choose one. But if I had to, I think it would be rescuing a really run-down 70s, brutalist architecture style family home that's been completely overgrown and surrounded by bush. So what you'd end up with is sort of a private vintage hideaway with beautiful views into the native forest. The housing market has heated up a little since Katie Pitwood bought her last home. Her renovation made the headlines, and when it came time to sell, the house got snapped up. But now she's on the hunt for her next project. It's tough to find the right place, and even tougher to beat the developers and investors. Katie calls herself a DIY experimenter, who's always on the lookout for the next project. I don't know, I love it, and I just go full force into it. Um, I've done three with the ex-partner, and two on my own. And I would love to dig my heels into a third. Into a third. <laughs> or the sixth, but third on my own. That's right, because everybody usually says, I'm never, I've done it once, I'm never doing it again. But <laughs> Yeah, and I find the minute I've finished them, I'm bored and sell the house and move on. Uh, people will probably know your name from, mm -hmm. is it the last house that you renovated? Yeah, with that, the posters. With the posters. So why yeah. don't you tell us a little bit about, about that, what happened there? Um, I was trying to buy a house, um, on my own and I owned the house next door, um, and had to sell that. Anyway, managed to buy the little cottage next door and went to the bank, um, you know, money was all transferred and I remember that was lunchtime, the, the keys got handed over and the ceilings had been lowered and I only knew that because the cottage next door that I originally owned mm. was identical and the thought of lowered ceilings just aggravates me because I knew there'd be stunning wooden ceilings well I prayed there'd be stunning wooden ceilings anyway put the crowbar in pulled the ceiling down and there were posters and I sort of got quite excited anyway then pulled all the wall linings off and there was all the posters Just wall to wall 60s 60s yeah pop posters pop yeah and it was very exciting I had a million people messaging me saying they wanted them for their you know their music studio in the shed and 
because now I've moved to the original house that I sold. I've just moved back next door. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just renting back the house I owned. So some have come with me and some stayed in the house that Mm. I sold. Most people aren't going to have anything near as exciting as that behind the walls when they start renovating, are they? No. Have you ever found anything else like that? No, well, as a child, Mum and Dad um, always renovated houses. I mean, we probably moved six times. And Mum and Dad always brought old falling down houses Mm. and fixed them up. And we would always climb up to the ceiling or under the house. Um, I mean, I remember finding a few old porn magazines or something, but that was about (laughs) it. (laughs) Nothing, nothing exciting. So your parents, you sort of grew up around DIY. Is that, do you think that's where your, your love for it comes from? It's sort of a family tradition? I mean, it was the 80s, you know, dad went to work, mum stayed at home. They could probably only afford houses that were falling down and mm. dad was handy. Um, so he would do all the work himself um, and they'd do them up, move on to sort of a, you know, a bigger, better house or a better location or something. But I remember as a kid, dad um, planing wood and me collecting all the wood chips and, and you know, it was the late 80s, colouring them with food colouring and oils and making <laughs> potpourri out of them. <laughs> Remember that clearly. It's a great idea. Do you do a lot of planning before you start, or are you more of a kind of instinctive? Instinctive, um, probably sometimes a bit silly because I'll rip into something and then go, oh crap. (laughs) (laughs) How am I fixing this? (laughs) What what are you doing, Katie? Um, Nah, I just rip into it. Because what's the worst thing that can happen? The roof fall down on you. Yeah. <laughs> what is yeah. the worst thing? Yeah, I mean, have you had any kind of real... No. no. I guess the renovation gods have been watching over me, so nothing's gone drastically wrong. How do you balance your you know, your family life with doing that work in the house that you're living in? I think that's something that a lot of people kind of wonder about. Yeah, the constant state of mess and dust and tools. and I think my kids are just used to it. I think they've grown up with it. And you've always got to have one room that's tidy and nice or you'll just go crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to have one room that you could all sleep in and turn that into the sleeping lounge room. And the kids kind of think that's fun. My kids always have. Have you found a new a new project? What's your next project? No, and it's been a nightmare. I recently sold the last house to clear up a whole lot of um, personal debts, which has been amazing, and life is so much less stressful. Mm. Um, but I'm struggling to buy another house. I put in three offers last week, and I just heard last night that the third offer I put in wasn't accepted. And I felt a bit gutted, actually, because I'd kind of had my heart set on this house and it was in a good location. Mm. But they're just going for so much more than what people are actually asking for, which is amazing, but not amazing for me. No. <laughs> is that, and that's even for properties that need a lot of work? And Property I just missed out on. I offered 45000 over what they were asking. And it didn't need a lot of work, but it was tiny. It was on a cross-lease section. Things have changed mm, a lot in yeah. the last year and a half. Do you think... First-time buyers now have to be prepared to look at houses that they're going to have to do some work on and that, that they might yeah. need to to really upskill themselves so that they can tackle something that maybe needs a bit of TLC before it's... I think first-time buyers have... I don't even know how they would get into a house. You know, it's so mm, mm. hard now because often with a first-time buyer, you use your KiwiSaver, which then puts a condition on the sale... You know, and someone else swoops in with no conditions, you're just out. Or first-time buyers might just buy 
a little granny flat or something because that's cheaper than almost a renovation house in a good area. So it's really, really tough for anyone to bust into that market without a lot of help, so isn't tough. it? Yeah. Would you say that you were a frugal renovator? Yes. I I will do things like put in a kitchen from my to 10, but then buy some funky handles to go on it. Right. Because doing it on my own, I can't afford a kitchen designer to come around. And I would rather put in a plain kitchen and to be able to afford all new appliances. You know, whereas if I put in a, a posh kitchen, I probably couldn't afford a new oven to go with it. You know what I mean? When I think back to all the renovations I've done, I think I'm a process person because yeah. when it's finished, I'm bored. It, it's the excitement and the and it, and it gives you something to do and something for your brain to do. And it's fun going and buying the paint and wandering around might have 10 in your grubby work boots I love that and then say the house is done I'm like oh I'll sell that because what am I going to do with a finished house it's not fun you're deep in DIY but your paint can still be professional check out Resine for your reno project of course there are always going to be jobs you need to upskill for Chances are you'll find a YouTube video from Scott Brown showing you just how the professionals do it. Hi Scott, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you for having me, happy to be here. Uh, I've watched uh, plenty of your videos and tell us a little bit about Scott Brown Carpentry on YouTube. Well, um, I've run a building business and back in 2018 I decided to film my building business and I've been doing that ever since and I went from I don't know, zero subscribers to 288,000. And you're basically dropping in on my day as a builder here in New Zealand when you watch my videos. And there's some there's some tips and tricks in there. So it's yeah. it's the real work you're doing. Yeah, it's the real yes. work. It's the real work. It's like a day in the life. And then I mix in like tips and tricks. And occasionally I do like a tool review or something like that to keep it interesting. And yeah, or you watch me renovate a house basically is, is the broad scope of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, obviously really appealing to people. Yeah, people, I'm people, sure people to, seem to like it. Yeah, well, thank you because you've offered to share some of your top tips for our home DIYers or home renovators. Well, yeah, um, planning is a big thing when it comes to renovations. Um, creating, creating it's, it's not only uh, planning what you're going to build, but also how you're going to live through the renovation. Most of the people that right. I do renovations for are living in the house as we're renovating it. And as you can imagine, mm -hmm. with like a kitchen or a bathroom, that can be quite disruptive. So creating some yes. sort of plan around that is pretty important. Like, for example, we did a renovation here in Auckland where I recommended to the client, hey, you know, you're not going to have your kitchen for a little while. Maybe we should set up a temporary sink in the living room just to make your life a little bit easier. And they were a little bit hesitant at first, yes. you know, in their mind, they're like, oh, I'm turning my kitchen upside down. I don't want to turn my living room upside down as well. But... The day, the day right. we took the kitchen out, the plumber just lifted it up, set up the old sink in the living room, drilled one hole in the floor, and they had a sink set up. And that made right. the renovation so much easier. Oh, that's a great one. Thank you. And um, yeah, what, what next? I know you had a whole list of things you wanted to share with us. As well as planning how to get through the renovation, also think about how you're going to live in your house. Um, a lot of people treat the building code as a bit of a, a sort of target, you know, get to that and that's it. Whereas there's some extra things that you can do, if you allow for it in the budget, um, that will make it a lot easier to live with. For example, I often recommend to clients to insulate their internal walls. And that's not a requirement when it comes to building. You just have to insulate 
the external walls. Yeah, tell me the benefit of insulating internal walls. Yeah, well, obviously there's heat values there, but the main thing is you are creating a better acoustic environment. So if your bedroom backs onto a living room, you know, all that noise isn't traveling as well through the wall. If you've got like a dense insulation or a jib maker denser plasterboard as well. And, you know, if you're a DIYer and you're going to put like a new door in, maybe don't go for the cheap hollow core door. Spend a little bit extra, get a solid door with a bit of insulation in the panel. Looks the same and it just performs so much better, you know. And um, do you think people are becoming more aware of um, that the building code isn't the be all and end all for, you know, like in terms of being trying to be green or even just trying to have a home that's a bit more energy efficient? Yeah, I think more and more people are, are recognizing that. The, the unfortunate thing is is the cost, right? That's the big barrier. I think everybody would like yes. to build everything beyond code and, and do everything to the highest of standards, but cost can be prohibitive. But if you maybe minimize the scope of your job in order to focus on quality, that's that's what I would recommend. You know, get get the double glazed windows rather than the $50,000 kitchen, you know? <laughs> have a more modest kitchen and have a better performing house and you're going to be happier, happier in there, I reckon. Yeah, okay. Oh, great. Well, thank you. And I know you wanted to talk also about finishing work. So what do you mean by that, Scott? (laughs) Well, um, yeah, renovations, right? It's all about time and and a lot of the um, transformative stuff happens at the start of a job. And as a builder, you look like a bit of a superstar for the first couple of months as all the walls come down, <laughs> the beams go up, and you're like, oh, my God, this is the open plan dream that I was, you know, envisioning. And then all of a sudden, the builder's still there. And you're like, why are you still in my house? And right. Day after day, you look around, what has he done? Has he just put some jib up? That, that's, that's the challenge that we face all the time. And a lot uh. of that time is spent on the finishing stuff, particularly on old timber houses where you're using beautiful skirting and wainscoting and things like that, you can spend a lot of time getting that right. But that's kind of my point. You have to get that part right because that's the stuff you look at every day. And uh, as long as that's done beautifully, you're going to look at that renovation in the end and be super happy with it. Scott, I'd love to ask you, uh, I'm a very beginning DIYer myself, what would be a good easy reno project for someone to start on? Well, maybe a one dick. that you have. A dick. Okay. A deck, yes. I, I get this question on my channel um, a fair bit, and uh, I think people uh, think decks are going to be more complicated than they are. Um, once you've dug a really good foundation, actually, I've got an example. Um, one of the houses we renovated last year, uh, the owner found me through the channel, which is pretty much how all my clients find me now. Is that right? And when I turned up to their yeah, when I turned up to their house, um, I walked around the corner, I looked at their deck, I'm like, this is exactly how we built it. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, I watched your videos and that's how I built this. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's he's great. Like, I've never built anything in my life. And he'd like done a really good job. He actually went overboard. Like he put too many bolts in. It was like, you know, an earthquake would knock, knock that thing over. <laughs> They're going to be living in that. So he did a really good state. job. But he picked, yeah, he picked, he picked up those tips. Okay. Uh, oh, that's, that's really good. Um, yeah. Are there any other questions that you really commonly get asked in the channel? Um, Other than like... I get a lot of questions about tools, you know. Um, I don't know how, like maybe what tools to start with, things like that. Um, and I, I, usu- I usually start with uh, like the hand saws and then the drills. More and more we're screwing things rather than nailing things. And the drill's quite versatile for that. And then maybe think about table saws and drop saws a bit later. 
you know, it's quite a big purchase. And if you haven't got much experience, it can be a little bit dangerous. Um, so start with the small stuff and you'll be surprised what you can do with a circular saw. They're very versatile. Yeah. If you've loved renovating your own home, could you actually make some moolah out of doing that process repeatedly? I caught up with House Flipper, or Trader as he prefers, Tom Fay, who's got six houses on the go at the moment. Yeah, so it's, I mean, like anything, eh? the, the best time to buy was yesterday, right? So as they're moving <laughs> forward, they, they, the, the newbie flipper is going to want somewhere that's got some form of demand. Look, I mean, I don't particularly buy in areas that are very rural. Um, they can be quite hard to, to, to find a, an on-sale buyer for. Um, so mm -hmm. you want to be within about 20 kilometers of a city, um, you know, an urban area of 60,000 or more people you know, within 20 kilometers of something like that, you know, um, stick to the good old solid weatherboard, brick and tile, you know, that, that kind of thing. Is there an age of house that you're looking at, you know, that well, you prefer? Believe it or not, the one that I'm standing in right now dates back to, I believe it's the 1880s or 18 something. And this was huh. moved on, but it's a lot wow. more work. So for a newbie, you'd be wanting, you don't want to go too much later than the 60s. For a newbie. Okay. And do do you do the work the work yourself, Tom? Um, I used to. Well, I used to. I used to do things like you know you'll pull up the carpet just to get it you know going faster. Yes. <laughs> you know, once the sparky's yeah. been through, you might demo the kitchen. Now I'm I'm more of a, a project manager. Um, yes, of course. Or, yeah. or a site lackey, for lack of a better word, because I'm. Oh, oh <laughs> we're running out of jib. <laughs> Go get some more. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. And you're not afraid to push the broom around. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I do as much no. or as, as little as required to get the job done. Yeah. So for, for those newbies, are there projects that, or yeah, from your perspective, are there projects that you are, you know, always thinking that you'll do? Like, do you always do up the kitchen, do up right. the bathroom, do right. landscaping? Yeah. So I guess obviously, yeah, those, those are where that kitchen, bathroom and the flooring are where the, the money is in terms of big dollars for your on-sale buyer. So really what it's about is removing the objections that a bank or a building inspector would have when they come to view the place. So something, something I always do is try and get a building report. Um, I know I'm gonna buy it, so I try and get a building report so I know what the next builder is gonna look for um, on my way out. So that's a little bit of a yeah. trick of the trade. Um, and and. And then I've just got a list of things to go through and I don't have to make it up. Have you got a dollar figure in mind for, you know, if you buy a three bedroom place, have you got a figure that you're aiming to make on it? Oh, geez. I mean, that, that would be great, wouldn't it? But realistically, um, <laughs> um, realistically, look, let's go back to when I started 2017 odd um, in Auckland. The market was dead. Nothing was happening. Um, 2018, right. the foreign buyer kicked in, foreign buyer ban kicked in. Um, and, and we said, look, if I could make 20 grand, I'll be happy. Huh. Okay. Now that's, so let's say, for example, you've got a 50 K, um, total. So you say, right. Okay. I'm going to pay, you know, $20,000 tax, 20 grand is going to go to the agent and I'll keep 10, 20 or 10 or 15, whatever it is. Those were the numbers that you went with. But then obviously as you got better and the market moved and, and things shifted, you got picked up with sort of that wave of, of increase. Um, right. And so now you, you can still work your numbers on 50, but you might make a bit more and obviously pay right. a bit more tax at the same time. Yes, right. And for, for the, the numbers at 50, how, how quick a turnaround is that? 
I tried to do my deals, I mean, standard on a 90 day turnaround. So that's 90 days from start, finish, sold, settled. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. You're not, you're not messing around, eh? So you're doing 30, no. day, you're doing 30 days um, to do the job. 30 days to right. set to, to sell it, okay, and then 30 days to settle. I'm trying to do the maths on how many you'll do in a year, but I can't work it out. <laughs> Look, if you did if you did if you did four a year, okay, so for a newbie property trader, you wanna you wanna just try and do one every ninety days and that adds up to about four a year. Okay? Right. Yeah. Ass yeah. Assuming you're working for a starter. Yeah, yeah. Assuming you're working through Christmas and everything, which is unrealistic. So you know, and then you've got so the stat three days, a three a year, you know, then if you've got any lockdowns thrown in the mix. So, so then sure. what happens, you start to look at, well, as you said earlier, can I make 200,000 out of this project? Because if I'm going to have a lockdown and I'm going to have all these start stops, I'm going to have all this building supply issues, um, mm. then you've got to change what you're looking for and it's got to be worth right. it. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Oh, well, thank you so much. You are definitely the person to talk to. <laughs> you got awesome. any final words of advice? I'm thinking I might do this. No, I mean, final words of advice is um, it's it's worth it. You know, look, for me, it's changed my life. I started off flipping, um, you know, two bad brick and tiles. So that I started at the bottom of the market um, and I've worked my way through and now I'm, I'm actually developing property and I've got a couple of developments on the go. I'm Joe Davis and my DIY dream is to subdivide my steep northeast facing section here in Nelson and build a 60 square metre, not quite tiny home up the top of it. It will be two bedroom, one level and ultra energy efficient. I can't wait. Caleb and Alice Pearson must have built up their toolkit by now. They'd already renovated five properties by the time they won the Block NZ in 2013. Now on their 11th reno, Kylie catches up with them to hear what keeps them coming back for more. It's pretty much been, well it has been 11 years since we bought our first home just after we got married and did our first renovation, which I had no idea what I was doing, or neither of us did, and and yeah, since then we've pretty much renovated one uh, a house every year and currently in it, doing our 11th renovation. And that's your... Your forever home, isn't it? Your eleventh, is it? Is that? We're not too sure what forever home means. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a house that we're actually doing for ourselves. Um, but no, it's part of a family property. So Caleb's parents actually own the house, and we're renovating it and living on the minor dwelling. So um, it's you know, I guess part of the family um, legacy, but not ours. <laughs> Do you ever see a time when you, you you're going to find? the perfect house and just renovate and that, that'd be it? You'd be done? I'm not sure. It's like that picture of a forever home and being settled in one place for, I don't know, 20, 30 years. It's never, I guess it's never been like a, a goal of ours, but we are probably more mindful of it now with um, our kids starting school last year and wanting to be a bit more settled. So we're definitely, I guess, a bit more mindful of that, but the the concept of a forever home and just being in one place for a or one house for a long period of time has never really been a goal of ours we we quite we quite enjoy the yeah you love moving <laughs> around don't we you? enjoy renovating we don't mind moving we we like change our kids also enjoy it like yeah. it's it's my son he's seven and this is his seventh house that he's lived in um and he kind of loves the adventure of it as well so 
if it took a toll on our kids, then we'd definitely reconsider. But mm. they love the adventure as much as us as well in the process. So it works for us. I always think you guys make it look so easy. Like I'm thinking about that beautiful bedroom, the, the bedroom feature wall you did. And not only was it incredibly effective, totally changed that room, but it only costs like $150. You make it look so easy and it's quite inspiring. <laughs> well, I think that's just the benefits of doing something for a long time. You know, yeah. 11 renovations in 11 years. We've definitely learned so much and that's just something that experience does. So as much as it seems crazy for people, like you keep moving houses and you keep doing this again and again, I don't even know if I'd be ready to do something completely for myself yet. I, I love the process of exploring, meeting a new house, transforming it, thinking outside of the box. Um, it's, it's, it really excites us um, and we really enjoy it. You've moved from DIY into development. Was that always part of your plan? <laughs> I think doing developments was always part of my plan. I have a have always had a kind of interest and a passion for property and studied property and uh, have worked for um, pro- project management companies and a development company. So kind of my, my experience has been in working towards understanding how developments come together and the full process. So it was kind of a a bit of a natural progression then to step out into doing doing something for ourselves. So it's always been a I guess a desire but just a, a timing thing and, and building up the, the the experience to make that move. I did the interior and Caleb was like the worst client ever. <laughs> <laughs> the things that I've learned about creating a home and thinking about how people live and entertain and all of those sort of things, but also the benefits of just everything being new. Um, it's it's really fun. Yeah, you're not peeling back jib and finding anything. There's no problems to fix, like it's a blank canvas and you really can add your personality. And um, I get to do that kind of each time they do a project as well. So branch out and try different things. And yeah, it's it's a really cool process. So do, which which one do you prefer now, now that you've had a go at both, which do you think is? Um, I'm definitely getting to the point, you know, like I'm pregnant with our fourth child. So yeah. <laughs> the painting and the renovating, I'm definitely at a point now where I I'd, I like seeing other people do that, that hard work um, because we've worked hard for a very long time on our own renovation. So I think from that side of it, I do quite like just picking some paint colours and then <laughs> professional painters coming in and painting in bulk. Um, but I do, I, I love the problem solving that renovation gives you. Um, I think it sparks a real creativity in me and we're both really passionate about um, making good investments and making good decisions when it comes to renovating to really add value to a house. Mm -hmm. And I really love that process where you intentionally um, create a budget, but in value, you get so much more than that. And I think that gives me a lot of satisfaction, if that makes sense. It's It's a really, yeah, I get a real sense of achievement when I look at my ideas and my hard work and the fact that I think I've gotten more value than what I've actually put into it. It seems like a natural progression from house flipping to development. Yeah, you know, I think there's a different skill set needed to renovation and there's uh, a wider range of things needed to do the um, 
to, to, to do the full development and a kind of a lot of different factors come into play. But there's, yeah, no, no, there's definitely a lot of skills that you learn that you can transfer over. Probably our stepping stone into that was that we went from renovations to doing, we've done two subdivisions. So taking a property and making two out of that. So we've kind of, I guess, slowly progressed personally as we've been able to do it and then obviously the development side of it is a jump and the Caleb works more collaboratively with a lot of different people to do that so it's definitely a much larger scale but there definitely is other ways in which you can um, progress when it comes to property and and especially yeah because there is a need yeah, to look yeah. at things like subdivisions and things and, and what what you can do if you can do it. And so what's next for you guys? Um, so for Waihanga, which is um, our development company that I have with a business partner, we have a project in Browns Bay that we're actually going to be starting in October uh, and building nine terraces there. So that's that's kind of going to be a focus over the next 15 months to deliver that. Uh, and something we've been working on um, all of this year to get it to the point to to get started, uh, and and then I guess for Alice and I we have a we we've um, moved up to the Rodney area and we're really enjoying it up here. So we're currently um, living on a property with my parents, but we're quite keen to buy a place. So we've been looking at looking at options for us, and then also going through the process. We have a um, our first home, actually, which we purchased ten years ago or eleven years ago, uh, that we're going to probably or we're going to renovate and sell that to kind of fund our our our, our yeah, I guess a home for us to purchase. So so we we just working through that. So we'll have another renovation coming up later this year as well. <laughs> to get that ready oh to sell. We're just going to slip in a renovation before the fourth baby, you know, <laughs> because that's what normal people do. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You're amazing. Where do you get your energy from? I just, I really, I really love it. It's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the essence of it. We love it. We really enjoy it. And yeah. it's definitely going to be a interesting journey going back to our, our first house. Um, that we renovated on 20 was it 20k Caleb like and we did it in like yes. six weeks or something like that and it's had a, a tenant in there for a lot of years so it's really run down it's quite amazing at the same time to be able to come back and renovate it with so much now experience yeah. and to be able to do something that we just couldn't do 10 years ago because <laughs> I mean Caleb had never actually like We've, didn't even we've come a long way. The, he didn't even know how to demo the bathroom. Like I was like, "How is this guy just bought a house?" <laughs> and he's got no idea. Like my dad and his his our parents pretty much did the whole thing, and we just were absolute rookies. So it'll be really nice to come back. Oh, interesting to see. Yeah. Will you keep in keep in touch with us and let us know how you go? Because I think that sounds like a really interesting project. Yeah, will be. Thanks so much for your time today, guys. It's been great talking to you. No problem. You too, Kylie. And what an amazing couple to wrap the series up with. Yeah, that really inspired me to be less of a chicken about renovating and to find some more inexpensive workarounds. And on that upbeat note, we end this season of First Rung Reno 101. It's sure given me plenty of jobs to get started on. You heard my reno dream, but I'm going to start small. Maybe with building a wooden compost bin, as recommended by Lisa in our first episode. How about you, Kylie? 
Well, despite the veneer putting the fear of the Reno gods into me, I'm still going to tackle our bathroom and turn it into somewhere I actually want to spend time. It's worth it to make our homes more than just a place we eat and sleep, right? Yes. Thanks so much for joining us on First Rung, Reno 101. I'm Joe Davis. And I'm Kylie Klein-Nixon, signing off. Shout out as always to our editor Jack Price. And thanks also to Sponsors Resine, New Zealand-made paint for New Zealand-made homes. Thanks for listening. We still really want to hear how your Reno is going, so drop us a line at homed at stuff.co.nz. Happy, Happy renovating! renovating.